0: Welcome to the Telford Minster podcast. Thank you for joining us and listening along. Our vision is to make Jesus known in Telford and we hope that your attention is grabbed by Jesus today and what he's doing in your life. We have moved into the completed Minster space on Southwater Square in Telford and we'd love to invite you to come along and give Church a Try at our 4pm gatherings every Sunday. We're opposite Wilco's and above Novella Lounge.
1: weekend we've had. Anyone enjoyed it? Double bank holiday weekend. Did anyone do anything fun? Yeah. yeah. Steph's like, been out, yeah. doing stuff. Anyone just been like, ah, oh, just going to take the time to chill at home? No. Everyone's been busy. Everyone's been at jubilee parties. Uh, it's also been a half-term holiday, so teachers have probably been going, yay, break. Parents have been going, no, it's half term. Anyone watched any of the Queen's Jubilee stuff, BBC One? A few. Anyone been down to London? I know Pam's been down in London, but she's in the next room. And of course, it's Pentecost. And today we are looking at James 3 1 to 12 as we had read. Now, this is going to be the pinnacle of the Jubilee weekend. And there was silence. The pinnacle of the Jubilee weekend, as we think about uh, when we open our mouths, what comes out? It's part of our series uh, looking at uh, kingdom culture. And often we've got lots of things going on and sometimes we say things without engaging our brain. I am definitely guilty of this. Anyone else guilty of that? Yeah. Great. And those who have put their hands up are kind of going, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm sure that's not quite the case, but um, over over this weekend, we've had pageantry, we've had the Trooping of the Colour, we've had St Paul's Cathedral, there's been the music outside Buckingham House, uh, and it was amazing. Uh, We've had uh, the Queen's life in commentary. Uh, Someone sort of bits of the media sharing the Queen's life. We've had eyewitness accounts on the commentary. And we've also looked back through history at what previous monarchs have done. But all the words that have been used to describe Her Majesty the Queen have been things like kind and gracious. Service has been one of the the words used the most. Gentleness, her resolve to keep on going in the face of adversity. Faithfulness, and willing to make people comfortable. Now, would we kind of nod at some of those things? the queens, all those things. See, because all those things that we've been describing really sums up her majesty because these words have power. You know, people will hear that she's kind and and think of her a certain way or gracious or service or gentleness and kind of sum her up even if they've never met her they can be able to go oh you're the queen you must be like that because words have power either for good or for evil for either the common good or to destroy our common life now has anyone ever heard of the saying sticks and stones may break my bones but words may never harm me anyone heard of that Yeah, a few of us. What utter nonsense. Anyone else think it's utter garbage? It should be the other way around. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but those are easy to heal. Words, however, take ages to heal and they hurt far deeper than any sticks and stones could ever harm us with. Could any of us testify to that? Someone just has to say one thing and it cuts to the heart. Words are hurtful, and I'm sure if, if we were able to kind of separate everyone else out and ask you, what's the worst hurt you've ever had in your life, I can pretty much guarantee that it'll be something that someone said. Someone who was close to you, someone who you trusted, they said something, and it's been the thing that's hurt you the most. They can have... Uh, words can have the most profound effect for good as well as for harm. And that can be said, too, for in-person conversations as we, as we share things one-to-one or in family settings. Uh, social media. I can almost guarantee that all of us who are on social media this weekend have found things that have been helpful, but far more things that can be harmful. And even as we kind of type out emails to our colleagues and friends, we sometimes type them out and then send, and we go, Oh, I wish I didn't send that. But these words can have either good or harm. It was something really interesting that over this weekend has been said about Her Majesty the Queen I can't lead armies, I can't make laws. I ch- can't judge between right and wrong in the nation, but I will give you my heart. Did anyone hear us say that? I can't lead armies. I can't, I can't judge between right and wrong in this land, but I give you, the people of the UK, my heart. And that's proven to be true. That was said 70 years ago at her coronation. And 70 years down the line, it's proved to be true. Those words have been used for good. See, but Jesus says something quite amazing in Luke chapter 6, verse 43 to 45. And let me just read it to you. It says this, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. See, if I gave us each a mirror... And a couple of weeks ago, uh, Laura gave us each little mirrors. If I gave us each one of those again, you would see your reflection in it. You'd be able to make out your, your face and your eyes and maybe your smile. See, but what our tongue does is it does a similar thing to a mirror. Although it doesn't show our outward appearance, it shows our heart. See, what we say mirrors what's in our hearts. And if our heart is filled with hurt and anger and uh, rage, guess what's going to come out? Hurt and anger and rage and malice. But if in our hearts are good things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, the fruits of the Spirit that come to the church through the Spirit to us, see, good things come out. The mirror that shows up what's in our heart is Jesus, and we get to share that with the people around us. James, when he's talking about the type of words we use in our passage, brings up uh, animals. Now, you've discovered that I quite like horses. And so a bit in the mouth of a horse can change the whole animal. These powerful animals that can pull carts and charge into battle and do all of these amazing things can be controlled by a little piece of metal that's three to four inches long, put into their mouths, and it can lead the animal wherever it goes. Uh, Another uh, image that James gives us is the rudder on a ship. And again, if you know me very well, uh, ships and boating is one of my favorite things. A container ship can be moved, no matter how much cargo it's holding, can change the direction of something the size of a car. In comparison, less than 1% of the mass of a cargo ship can turn the whole thing. And another one that he does is a spark in a forest. One little spark in a forest can set the whole thing on fire. Uh, Emily and I, a few years ago, went uh, to California, and we went into Yosemite National Park. Absolutely stunning scenery. But wherever we went, there were these little signs that said, Be careful about a fire. One spark can destroy this. And it's the same in our lives. One thing said by our tongues can set a forest on fire. That's how destructive they can be. Or something more relatable to us. If you stub your little toe, your whole body knows about it. Anyone sort of kicked the side of a coffee table with their little toe. And the pain and the agony, don't worry about childbirth, Kicking your little toe is the worst pain felt by humanity. <laughs> now, see, all the ladies are like, no. Nah. Blokes, it's true, isn't it? Right, none of the men are saying anything in case their spouses next to them. Uh, they have to sleep on the sofa. But it's like that. Our whole body feels pain if we stub our little toe. So we can either use our mouth for praise, for good things, or for evil or harm, or as James puts it, cursing. We can almost do it in the same sentence, can't we? We can say something uh, amazing and something deeply hurtful within just the flick of a sentence. If we have a look at verse 2 in this passage of James, we all stumble, anyone Uh, who is never at fault in what they say is perfect and able to keep their whole body in check. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Now, anyone any good at this? Can anyone sort of make sure that they never say anything wrong? I know I can't. But here James is saying that part of our human condition is that we can't always say things right. We can't always we can't always keep a rein on our tongues to be, make ourselves perfect. It's why we need Jesus. So how can we begin to keep ourselves in check? How can we bridle our tongues from saying things that aren't uh, aren't harmful? Well, James, in James chapter 1, verse 19, gives us a little bit of an idea of how we do this. He says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. See, quick to listen, slow to speak. And I think God, in his design of the human body, has given us a little bit of help with that. He's given us two ears and one mouth. So just by ratios, maybe we should listen twice as much as we talk. I think it might be helpful. What else could we do to keep our tongues in check? Well, we could sort our heart condition out. What motivates us? What are we putting into our lives? Because guess what? It's going to come out. What or who do we love? Is it ourselves or others? You know, Her Majesty said that she's devoted her life to others rather than herself. It's right here in the Bible, in the Shema, which right, goes all the way back to the foundation of the Jewish faith and of the Christian faith. love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Let's sort our heart condition out, because that'll sort our tongue condition out too. And of course, a third thing we can do to do that is to be around community, friends and family and colleagues, who will go, hang on, what are you saying? What are you doing? How can we keep you in check? Because they'll tell you. If you need help to know what's going on in your heart, Uh, find a significant other because they will tell you very quickly. See, the queen has shown over those 70 years that what she speaks, what comes out of her mouth, is of a deep love for others and of Christ rather than of herself. And that's similar for Pentecost. Pentecost that we we celebrate as a church now. See, there was this, uh, Pentecost just means uh, uh, 50. So it's 50 days after Christ. uh, The disciples were up in the upper room in Jerusalem and they were praying for God to come and establish his rule and his reign, just like Jesus had asked them to do. And they were praying and suddenly a violent wind came. Flames like tongues of fire came and rested on them. And people started to speak God's word to the people that were around them. People were amazed, as Laura read earlier. See, the disciples overflowed from their hearts filled with the Spirit, the love of God to the people all around them in Jerusalem. Imagine us now, if we got our hearts in the right place, and then we went out into Telford it would change Telford, wouldn't it? You know, like that bit in the horse's mouth or the rudder on the ship or the spark in the flame in the forest. See, if we said to God, okay, God, you be the bit in my mouth. You be the rudder of my life. You be the flame in my heart and in my life. And let's go and set others on fire. That's what God wants to do. That's what he's longing to do. That's what he did in the disciples in the upper room in Jerusalem. He gave them the ability to speak. He gave them the ability to love deeply. And he gave them the ability to go out and to do the stuff that he was wanting them to do. They went from being scared and anxious, hiding out in a room, to bold. Loving others and spreading the word of God. So, the question for us is what does he want to do in us? What does he want to do in you and in me and in us collectively? Just think about that for a minute. What does God want to do in me? Because it's very easy, and again, in this passage in James, it's so easy to make fresh and salty water come out of the same jar. Uh, Fresh and salty water weren't weren't coming out at the same time. I got the, the, the sweet water. Or fig trees cannot bear olives. It's just impossible. Or grapes bear figs but when we do malicious things with our tongues and when when we do godly things with our tongues they can't they can't happen at the same time so church if we want to show jesus we need to sort our hearts out and then as a result our tongues will be sorted out too now it's not easy it's really not easy You know, it takes a lifetime to to learn this stuff. But if we are empowered by the Spirit, that same Spirit that lives uh, in you and in me and in the church throughout the last 2,000 years, that's in Her Majesty the Queen, that same Spirit, we change to be more and more like Jesus, the only one who is perfect when we look at ourselves and see what's on the inside and say, God, would you come and change my heart and my mind and my life? When we do that, he begins to change us, empowered by the spirit. And then we need to look at something else, which is the fruit that we are producing. Are we producing two different types of fruit or are we producing the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Because we've got to produce what looks like Jesus rather than what looks like the world. So what's the mirror showing up in your life? Just listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying to you right now. What is the thing in your life that he's got to change? What's the thing that he's doing in you that makes you look like Jesus more and more? Let's just be still. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you show up in our lives the things that aren't of you, even in this moment? The things that seek to pull apart rather than build up the things that seem to distract us from you rather than draw us closer to you. The things that we think and do and say. We've all said something or done something or thought something this week that we know isn't up to his standard. This is a moment to say sorry. It's really easy to say, God, I'm sorry. If it's someone in this room, go up to them and say, I'm really sorry, I've done that. may Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon us, pardon and deliver us from all our sin, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and lead us in life everlasting. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope this time has blessed you. Hit the subscribe button to hear more like this. And to find out more about Telford Minster, follow us at Telford Minster on Instagram and Facebook or go to telfordminster.org.uk.